I think there should be a commenter award. And I'm legit about this. I think you should be like like best Facebook comment. Best Well, like, okay, so so we had so the last episode we did, uh, Brian and I um, were talking about like what is the good of the Oscars and we had someone on who was like a very big Oscars fanatic. And so the truth is that there's no purpose to award shows except for to be self-congratulating and uh, kind of summarize like the best of the it's middle a of something. Fucking trade show. People but, treat it like it's yeah, like yeah. like okay, they're but representative. So, but that the, we so fucking the idea of a comment section is that Jennifer you Lawrence. literally like I don't feel particularly great about like Alejandro Inaritu or you know like, I'm, like, he's a great artist, but like That's I don't have a pretty any, ignorant opinion. <laughs> I don't have any like uh, I didn't go to school with him, for example. Oh, true. I knew I know some of the people that are doing commenting. Uh, some of them have been made by you, probably. You know, mm. so these this is actually a venue that's like genuinely democratic. Uh, we all have hilarious comments. Well, in our Twitter history. was this, which yeah. was like, who can make the best comment a while ago? Comment Olympics, yeah. yeah, and it's become not that. Like, it's become sort of like a little bit competitive in a more woke way, where it used to be like hilarious, weird people, like. I would say Drill is the last vestige of this. Yeah, he like, was, well, he was the first of a First of a and the last. He's the Alpha that. and the Omega. But <laughs> I like I screenshot comments from World Star probably every week. I keep them in a folder on my desktop. <laughs> and I go through it when I'm sad and it makes me so happy. <laughs> That's great. Um, are the I assume World Star commenters also have I don't really know what their comments look like, but they probably have great. You can like, guess. Handles. Yeah, like I mean, are they, are one they of they the best ones I have is it's, it's just like it's like the avatar image is um, George Orwell, <laughs> and he's like this motherfucker crazy. <laughs> but one of the best ones I've ever seen is uh, it was like a video of this bus driver getting the shit beat out of him, oh, and uh, the comment the first comment was like Congress people please pass legislation to help them. <laughs> Next comment was like, it's your lucky day, my guy. I am your congressman. I'm going to affect change in the morning. I was like, that's a good point. This guy's a fucking idiot. I got to get upvotes for saying like, look, I'm asking for legislation for this bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> you like, I am your congressman. Let's not forget. To, what was the one? Uh, where it involved like, a couple more N-words that I didn't want to drop in there. <laughs> it's much funnier when you read it because of the N-words. I think we couldn't do an award show because there's too much quality. I mean, that's what Reddit well, is supposed to be. Dude, porn comments are like the fucking funniest thing in the world. There's there's like, you can watch a whole, like I watch these hour long comedy specials now on HBO. I like even norms, very good. But like my brain is so warped to one second laughs. I watch a 20 minute Vine compilation any, any hour of the day, but like an hour long comedy special, I'll get like 15 minutes in, pause it, read a little bit, take a nap, walk around, come back to it and be like, it's just tough that like if you're not in the room that's a tough thing to look at but comments my god sometimes <laughs> I'll put a video on and scroll to the comments immediately oh yeah I do that I do that all the time and that's I had to stop myself from going on parts of the internet because I'll even skip I'll skip articles or videos and which parts go, um, it's mostly <laughs> weird parts of reddit so it's pretty tame it's pretty but like just like I'll just go immediately to the comment section of like weird left wing or right wing commentary things and just see what the first comment is. I'm curious what I see the headline and then I want yeah. to see what the first comment is. One of my favorite things to do is if I ever see anything that I think is white on white crime, I <laughs> will Google that culprit's name. Look for like, like the most right wing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Uh, yeah, except for there's all winners there. And go to the most right wing site I can find and look for the. Um, just I just love seeing comments from like really conservative people calling for the oh death penalty God. at every opportunity. Yeah. People um, who are still really scared of the knockout game. People <laughs> whose whole day is just like, they better fucking not try it with me. <laughs> I have my three-inch legal New York knife. <laughs> I will gut this fucker. No, see, officer? Three inches. See look, at those, look at those teenagers exiting a school. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, we should force those people to ride the subway at between two and three p.m. <laughs> Dude, weird, weird uh, segments of Reddit is a fun topic. Oh yeah, we should talk about that. Too. There's our public freakout. You guys ever go on that? Uh, no, actually, that... I, that one bubbles up to the top. There's one of my favorite ones is the uh, the one where some woman loses uh, the Apple Store. Um, yeah, where she's out. like, I called Apple yeah. Care. Yes. <laughs> they're all they're all really good and then in the comment section is people being like here's how I would have handled this <laughs> I would have punched this bitch in the mouth <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, I don't know man because <laughs> it's funny it's both to see the most upvoted and then the most downvoted ones you see like you can only the downvoted ones you have to expand so like cheap, cheap shots cheap shots get downvoted yeah it, taking like, a punch that's okay punching when someone's not looking downvotes down, yeah but then you expand it and you're like what horrible thing that the horrible people of the internet and Reddit said that they thought they should they should be downvoted, and then I'll expand that. I love the uh, there was a a Canadian Marines uh, like YouTube channel where he was just showing like GoPro footage of combat in Afghanistan, and in one of them he gets shot and pretty close comes pretty close to dying, and all of the comments are from like gamers like oh you should have thrown a flashbang now. <laughs> ben and I one time found uh, uh, this we were talking about like these weirdos online that love gore stuff, and there, there was this <laughs> website oh, there was this website um that was like it, it was like a rotten.com adjacent thing but it directed it was like the best gore sites online and one of the comments <laughs> of the article was from this you know seemingly like normal middle-aged gym teacher type named like roger atkinson or something with his face attached to it and he's like here's the top <laughs> comment it was like heading to gore.com right now we click through it's like some guy in peoria just yeah. like selling car insurance he has two kids who he loves but it's, you, you're right. We don't know what to do with these people. We haven't decided to like just take them out via drone is, strike. Is knowing that knowing that guy not knowing that he's actually showing up there is that funnier than when like Peter Hitchens Google's or like tweets the Peter Hitchens because he was looking for his name and then accidentally tweeted it. Uh, no, it's probably funny. It's just way weird. Like no one could think that up and do it the right way. Well, it's like um, Ken Bone. Ken Bone was that example. He he was he used his regular handle. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and after he became like a mini celebrity during the debate, <laughs> who are these people who comment on porn videos? <laughs> like as much as I'm like, they're so funny. That guy, they're such a value to our society. I'm also like, I'm never. Gonna, I don't even comment on like New York Times articles where I feel passionately. <laughs> yeah. um, I think people who do that suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Ken Bone of the uh, Ken Bones of the world who had to comment on, and he was commenting on it was specific type of porn fetish that he had. That guy just, what was was it? He looks so much like he would be the cuck in a cuck porn (laughs) video. (laughs) Like being like, yeah, that's nice. (laughs) Um, It was... It was uh, pregnancy porn. So yeah, women. And he would comment comment on it and say, like, they're my little submarines. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yeah, well, like that's the, I, I think I he, they must have deleted his Reddit account, but there's some, but we can find. <laughs> no, I think it. he was still there because he somewhere. did. We found, or I found at work with my friend Matan or uh, Matt. <laughs> we found a, uh, we found a, like a AMA of his where we were just like shitting on him, and he was just taking it because he wanted to remain famous. <laughs> oh no. <sighs> 
Uh, anyway, well, this is America in 2018. <laughs> uh, should we segue into, into yeah, how that? Gonna, um, how are we going to talk about? Yeah, speaking we, of America in 2018. Yeah, there there was a uh, school shooting recently, oh. and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Does anybody want to help me out and get, go into this? I have a feeling I'm pretty depressed about it uh, because I am also, but I'm also just kind of resigned. It just shows how, how quietly resigned we all are because I just kind of, I have um, of, of the opinion, I don't know how you guys feel, that Pandora's box is just completely open. There's really no way to roll back. You, we're never going to win any kind of Second Amendment battle. I don't think that's ever going to No, I think, I think it'll just be like uh, people will decide where they want to live yeah. <laughs> based on like their state's. Gun, gun laws. Gun laws. Yeah. I think that that's about it. Because like I even read, I was reading the, I think the week had a piece about what the Canadian system is. And the Canadian system is like, if you want to own a gun, it's kind of like owning a car, but like there's gra- like scales. So if you want to just own a hunting rifle, it's pretty much, you just got to go to like the, the department of guns and fill out a form and then that's it. But like, if you want to own a more advanced weapon, you have to take like a gun test and then you, they do a background check on you and all that stuff. And then you just have a license. You can keep it in your house. But I'm like, that seems like such an easy win and would probably not solve the gun problem in America. At the same time, though, why can't even implementing that is impossible in America? So if we're not even going to be able to do that system where you can just be like, hey, you just got to get a license for a gun. You know, how you have a license to drive a car or anything, really. Like you get a license for you have, you have to have a fucking license to cut somebody's hair and you and you can't get a license to get a gun because it interferes with your ability to form your own militia <laughs> or we, whatever it is. If we arm teachers, though, the only unarmed people are going to be the good kids because <laughs> badass autistic kids, they have guns. Yeah. Cool. Bad kids also have guns because the guns are cool. Yeah. Good kids not going to bring guns to school. Teachers now have guns. If I'm a good kid. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the bad kids are going to steal are... the teachers' guns. I mean, the same way the kids used to steal. Like, dude, I remember watching. They bring guns to school when you guys were in high school. Steal the binder and shit off of like a substitute teacher's desk, so they had no idea what was going on. That's going to be with the, what happens to the classroom gun. I don't think it's going to be like they like put it down and go yeah, take well, a dude, shit. There's, no, there's there's a lot of uh, lazy fat teachers out there. That People, I I none of my friends brought guns to school. But when I left school, there was like a raid and there was one of the Korean gangs had a bunch of guns in the school. No one ever, the first time I, I mean, I'd seen guns, but the first time I ever saw a gun in connection to a threat was when I got mugged. Yeah. (laughs) Other than that, no one ever was like, check out this fucking gun. I know. I agree with you, Lenny. I think they would. The bad kids would steal the guns because think about anytime I've seen a cop and they have the handgun on their hip. Oh, the urge is there. They're just, what do you want to do? You're just like, I got to snatch that. Like everything, yeah. denying every instinct. I know in my brain, I'm like, I shouldn't do it. But they're just seeing, like anytime I've been close enough with like the distance I am from no, you. No, it's a right natural now, impulse. I'm you just like, that. I got to, I, I want to take it. I always want to take it and give it back to him. It's pretty, like, also, <laughs> like, look, I don't, I don't want kids to have guns, but guns are fucking tight. I was in South Carolina one time and my friends were at their frat house and he was like, yo. Come downstairs. We got like an AR-15. You want to hold it? And it was like me and my friend uh, David Braun. He's a like a Jew from Beverly Hills. And we're like, hell yeah. Yeah. Go down there. And we were like holding the guns. He's like, get a picture of me. And I got a picture of him. He's like, I'm going to send this to my dad. And his dad's like, David, I don't even like when you drive on the highway. <laughs> Put that gun down. But it was, it was badass. But it was also, I mean, we were like already drunk by yeah. the time I was like, give me that. I'm Rambo. Yeah. Um, that's like the... Yeah, we, <laughs> Uh, my buddy's place that we go up to in the Poconos, he has a shotgun that we just do our own skeet shooting. Like we just throw beer cans and shoot it. It's fantastic. It's great. Um, I love shooting guns. Shooting guns is fun. Um, 
guns but, are cool. But would you be that? <laughs> but how heartbroken would you? Do? It was like tomorrow, no more guns. I wouldn't give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> also, like I do plenty of illegal. If I really needed a gun, I'd get a goddamn. Gun. I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be super easy to get. I mean, that's like the main thing about the like tyranny argument, which a lot of people earnestly make. They're not that hard to get if you want. Like if you if we were to need guns as a society in revolt. It would be pretty easy. Like the whole point about gun running and every society in revolt gets their hands on. Yeah, guns. they figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, the point that I want to make about guns was uh, that. So the, the, I've followed this like debate pretty closely for like you know since it's been around it, like in the last decade, and it's really populated by like just dumb people that don't know what they're talking about. I mean, people that are living this like wild west fantasy. Um, but the last time that I had the thought that like guns actually could do good was when um, Ben and I watched this documentary about this like basically nuclear wasteland that a suburban St. Louis neighborhood was turned into because the government dumped a bunch of like yellow cake uranium into a landfill and the landfill was slowly starting on fire because of subterranean fire. Yeah. Subterranean fire that was moving very slowly towards where the actual radioactive material was and people are already getting sick. They're getting people cancer. are already dying. Chil- people children are, are getting children are dying. This woman was like in a meeting was like, if you can't guarantee me that it's not going to touch the, you know, the taint the water, I've already buried two children and like screaming, crying. And this other woman's like up there, a representative of the company, like, uh, yeah, I actually live around here too. Cause they're like, they need to make earn a living. Right. These people also have no other options in terms of like, they have to work for this. No, these people, they're, they can't, they're too poor to move. And so, and they're, and they're going they cancel, out to they, they cancel their houses. Like, no, then nobody wants to buy the, yeah, well, obviously. yeah. Obviously it's like, we're like, Hey, I got a house to sell you. Um, is it located near any radioactive <laughs> landfills? Uh, no, um, you know, there's the truth. And there's the truth and the truth <laughs> motivated seller. <laughs> Yeah, and so like you know, and and the whole movie is like them just failing to get anything done with any various levers of government. It's like, okay, we're never going to stop. Like, no one's ever been able to make like none of these hicks have been able to make like taxes go down with with guns. They're never going to be able to take on the army with it. David Koresh wasn't able to even protect his own house like a pussy. <laughs> and yet, yeah, yeah, but the, the god Tim McVeigh, <laughs> the god, <laughs> the dude. <laughs> He, I mean, the man with the van, <laughs> <laughs> Timmy McVizzle, throwing it down. Um, yeah, and like the 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 one spot where you could actually make a difference with it is if like one of these people took one of these fucking like landfill company representatives hostage and was like, "Hey, we are actually going to affect legislative change, working relatively within the system by having this kind of mini armed like whiskey rebellion." That actually would be a legitimate use of how to how to use guns, like how how to make. Every time they pass like a bathroom law, I think it would be hilarious if they just arm trans. They're like, "We're just gonna arm trans people." Oh yeah, every trans per- person has it. Like, and uh, if and, this, like, if your politics conflict here, just well, Lenny, I have a circling back to your proposed agenda of the like Missouri insurrectionist kind of idea. Do you think that there could be? Like with the amount of guns that are probably in a place like West Virginia, could there be like a Afghanistan Taliban type type resistance in the hills of West Virginia with the amount of guns that they have? You know, they couldn't. Defeat- we wouldn't notice, would we? Right. Yeah. And like they, they couldn't even elect the governor. They obviously couldn't. Like you said, they can't defeat the U.S. Army. But like, I mean, the Taliban is essentially defeating the U.S. Army. I mean, here's in, why. Like, like in with the same amount, the same kind of weapons, except the, for maybe they have anti-aircraft weapons, which we gave them. The population <laughs> that should do it is Hawaii. Uh, Hawaiians yeah. fucking hate being a part of America. Yeah. They 
they had a kingdom, a great kingdom that was destroyed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now their land is being bought up by fucking Mark Zuckerberg and all these other fucking limp dicks. And they have to just watch these guys come and buy up areas that like they have had formal understandings that were like, well, no one's allowed to own this. Like actually motherfucker, the bank is allowed to own it. They own it. There's something like if those guys had an armed insurrection, I think I would be like pro that, but basically just yeah, so how long go. was going to take it. And they, they could take over the military pretty easily. Probably. There's a little bit of a, you guys know how Pipeline works, the uh, the surfing competition every year? No. Yeah. It's kind of, if you read, there's a great book. Uh, this is an okay book called... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-stop book. Welcome, welcome to Paradise, Now Go to Hell. And it's about uh, surfing culture. And Hawaii's surfing culture, um, Pipeline is like the premier event. It's like the World Series of uh, surfing, sort of. It's one of them. It's one of the big ATP yeah. events. And a certain amount of uh, spots in that competition have to go to locals. And that was secured by Dahui, which is like the local defense organization for keeping these fucking yuppies off of our waves. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? High five. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't dude. leave me hanging, bro. <laughs> Locals only. Um, and there's like this guy, Eddie Rothman, and his son is like one of the big surfers. But they run a thing where like, like, I don't know, 2005, 2006, he like beat the shit out of the CEO of Billabong in his own house because he didn't because <laughs> he didn't pay like the tribute to and it's like this is like a publicly traded U.S. company <laughs> oh, wow. where the CEO gets the shit smacked out of him for disrespecting the locals. Like, yeah, there exists at least some form of like self regulation around culture there, which I am pro, just like the Taliban. Don't mess with Pacific <laughs> Islanders. Uh, I think Taliban's tight. Um, or mountainous people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so so, but I'm just saying. So, do you do you think that would work though? Do you think they they could pull off something like that? Yeah, I mean, we got we basically have madrasas already. It's what else do you need? I mean, like they have you know they're packing. Uh, they have not that much else to do. Um, yeah, I, I think. Well, so that's what I'm saying. I don't think the idea of I think that's why the uh, that's why I'm so um, just uh, depressed about this whole topic is that I think it's not solvable because. The Pandora's box is open. The like gun manufacturer, like Smith and Wesson, and every other gun ma- manufacturer is like, well, this is our, our bottom line is selling these like hyper uh, expensive uh, or but hyper, I guess, cheap, accessible to the public, uh, high powered weapons to the general public, and you can't get them back. How are you going to get them back? Like a, a buyback program? Uh, they're probably not made that well. I mean, those things are pretty cheap. Like they must. You guys are regulating ammo. Out. Like I mean, there are like bullet control. There, yeah, there's nothing. Make your there's, own ammo. <laughs> there's nothing. Ammo becomes there's like the nothing in the constitution of, about ammunition. Like uh, like forcing any laws around it. You can do re- ammunition registration. You can force higher tech ammunition. I mean, like there's no there's no benefit to that to the manufacturers of it. They're never going to do it voluntarily. Also, this is never going to happen. Like we just have to accept that this is one of the million ways you can die horribly in this country. Most likely you'll die of heart disease like everyone else, yeah. but you could also fucking die violently. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bummer. Well, high five. Hey, yeah. high five everybody. Seamus, how are, do you need a gun? Do you guys want to pivot to up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, All right, next. So, okay, so we settled that. Let's uh, go to the super topical we're documentary. Going to die. We're going to die. It came out last year. Yeah. We're, so there, I wanted to talk about this with with uh, you guys because you both are are like pretty. I mean, Brian obviously is like a super fan of The Simpsons. Um, along like seasons but, one through ten. Seasons one through ten, which is like the I'm last a season twenty five guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Lena Dunham started having uh, recurring. We're talking obviously about the problem with the poo or the trouble with the poo, or whatever the hell it's called. Does anyone know the guy's name? Hari, yeah, Kondabolu. Hari Kondabolu, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think that I'm talking on the same level as that guy. Like, 
if you wanted to make the argument that a poo is minstrelsy and it's racist, obviously, like it, it very much is. It's based uh, in a like stereotype that if if you, one were so inclined, they could take offense to it. Um, but I think that it kind of misses the point about what the way that humor has changed. The first thing to say is that like. That show, when it was written, was written by a bunch of Hollywood liberals. So this documentary... Hollywood, Harvard liberals. Yeah, like, educated, like in the center of the zeitgeist upper, people. Upper crust. And yeah. so this this movie is the fucking ghost of Christmas future for anyone who's feeling smug about Apu now. Because whatever joke you are making today is going to be considered passe and taboo you know, 25 years from now. So like, d- no one should get too comfortable like calling anyone else out for their humor. I think the other second thing is that Wait, this is just <laughs> this is just like obviously a case of like the Simpsons is has run too long and needs to go away for like myriad reasons. This being one of them, um, but I think that what's more int- the most interesting way to look at the Apu issue is like what is it that the actual humor of it hit hints at? Like what is the reason we have that? One, I think, is that like Springfield is like a very vibrantly illustrated place. We have like Sea Captain, like. I mean, you know, like the the nat- that's the, also racist. The first, <laughs> then, like, yeah, like yeah. I hated that. I don't keep my <laughs> my costumes. That, yeah, as a as a bearded guy, my culture is not your costume. No, as but, a like, gay man, <laughs> <laughs> that'll keep my men from turning to homosexuality. Yeah, for about thirty seconds. Yeah, like, that's offensive to see people, you know. And, and but you know, like they don't it, like being called that. <laughs> <laughs> and like so I think that it, it's it, it's not a good faith argument about what Apu is I can under, I can totally understand about like this is something that like a source of torment for all like these South Asian people growing up and I fully respect that and, and like yes is, is Apu a caricature absolutely but the thing is is that he represents something that doesn't exist anymore which is Apu comes from a place where uh, like the, the humor of Apu uh, comes from a place when there was there was a white uh, mainstream mass cult that was permitted to have an impressionistic uh, that in, allowed to share in an impression of a different culture that they didn't understand that well, and um, you know like in other words what Apu represented was that's what Indian people looked like to white people at the time you know in a in a less educated in a time small with, town yeah, yeah. It, 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 when probably not that probably a lot of people in this country still view if they had an indian person come to town would still view them that way um, one of my uh, friends is making a documentary about um, the a guy who got killed in Kansas because he was working for oh, yeah, Garmin. Garmin. Yeah. yeah, and a, and a man and a white guy walked up to him and said, "Get out of my country!" and just shot him. I mean, that's still happening in this country. So the idea that Apu is like less othered than he was in 1990 is not true. Um, what's changed is that what the Simpsons, what the Simpsons was was making use of was that we as a white I had a right to to share in this caricature of an Indian impression, um, and like it was it was exaggerated in every way. It's like that he's got a lot of babies. He's got this name that you know you can't pronounce, and all this all these tropes that of course are stereotypes, um, but that but they also represent what the what the actual like culture is seeing. I think that what changed is that the culture itself, the idea that there is this mainstream white eye looking at it, is no longer legitimate. It's seen as uh, an oppressive uh, entity, uh, someone that's certainly been a purveyor of of violence. And um, 
basically it's a perspective that we should no longer indulge in. This is how white people see Indians. That is no longer a, a, a permissible uh, perspective. Now it's like, it, instead of um, the identity being defined as what the way that you strike other people, that your identity has to be defined as the way that you strike yourself. And so if you can't see yourself in the character, then it's no longer, it, it's now you know, subject to yeah, Leslie Heffern made critique. that point one time. I mean, I thought it started out in a weird way, which is when he's yelling at that heckler, who obviously guy fucking sucked. <clears throat> yeah, in Colorado. But I he yell, thought he, that was a plan. But he yells like, you're the reason I went into comedy. I'm like, you should thank him. Like, you're a professional comedian. Yeah. Same like, thing with the, a surgeon weird, general, a thing. the Surgeon General guy who was like, yes, I was bullied uh, with uh, stereotypes when I was young. I bet that bully didn't become Surgeon General. But well, not just that. This is like the Chris well, Rock okay. idea about bullying. My one, my, my one, I, I mean, I was watching it like that must have been yeah, really painful, shitty. Yeah. Like this sounds like a painful way to grow up. Um, however, back to the subject of African American voice. <laughs> a lot of those comedians like uh Aziz, yeah, like um Hassan Minaj, they use a ton of AAV. They yeah. do a lot of minstrelsy yeah. on stage. Yeah. They do exactly what they're accusing him of. Even the one who was like, Yeah, I played Apu's nephew in the episode, he's like, Yo, man, you're acting like a motherfucking yeah, stereotype. Yeah, I was yeah. like, dude, this is your guys are openly doing this without yeah. any sense of irony. That, it was so weird. You know how long it takes to make a fucking documentary? They must have watched those clips over and over again. They, if they never had this discussion, then it's like you ha- you are subject to the exact same blind spots as everyone else to the degree that you made a documentary with a vein of this leaking all the way through it. That, it was a- that, drove, that drove me nuts about that guy in particular because he also said things that weren't true about Apu. He said, he's like, well, Apu's a dumb character. I'm like, no, Apu is like one of the smartest characters on this show. He's like, overweight. It's he, like, but they, he's he, got the stock body that all yeah, the he's mediocre like a middle age, like, And also all the other characters are like Homer is overweight and all these other characters are overweight. Um, and so that, like, that was one thing that drove me nuts where it was like, I'm like, you're saying all these things are mis... Apu, they, they tried to make it seem like, well, he's the stereotype. And I'm like, well, actually, of all the secondary characters in The Simpsons, he's actually a little bit more fleshed out and given a little bit more of an identity and character than others. Like, what can you say about Carl? You know what I mean? Other than Carl, <laughs> black. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, you know, the, you don't know that he's friends with Lenny. Uh, um, that's all you really know about him. But Apu, you know that he's like, oh, he's an immigrant. Like, he came here. He's a smart guy who studied computer science and then got like got stuck in a job and like was. He's like, actually, yeah, no, he's like he's a, a very level human of, like, and relatable Flanders character. And like, I mean, Flanders is like as bad an impression of like the religious zealots, you know, these weird freaks. Yeah. So I get, I get how people have the, I can understand, A, I'm sympathetic to people. People that if that character, um, you know, led to the people getting bullied as a kid, I would understand how you'd have a, a visceral or bad reaction to that character. Yeah, and I have a massive blind spot for representation because I'm like super represented. So I yeah. also like I don't understand the, the like the wanting and the desire to be represented well, all the time. Yeah, like because I just always like. People who look like George Clooney, like me, are just <laughs> killing it. We're everywhere. Yeah, you're just taking dumps in everyone's kitty litter. <laughs> also, uh, people who look like, like Danny DeVito. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, the, well, the representation argument also is a thing that I, I guess, I can't really comment on being a very represented person. But at the same time, the represented, uh, I looked it up, and he's like complaining. Part of the argument in the movie was about how it's like Indians are unrepresented, underrepresented in the media. Do you know what percentage of the population is Indian American? Like what percentage? Point, what would you guess? Yeah, uh, like four four percent or something. Four percent. So one percent. One percent. There are yeah. three point five million Indian Americans in it. So it's like so yeah, it's like I get it. Everyone certainly Indian Americans have a huge influence. And also of that, they have statistics on this too. It's like of all the people that 
like the black people don't have any representation in the Simpsons other than Carl. Like there's other groups that are. Well, are, there's Dr. Hibbert, there's Bleeding Gums, Gums Murphy. Uh, there's everyone from Mon- Monty Burns's baseball team. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. But those are real people. That's Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, that's right. Well, but uh, he was all. Uh, yeah. um, but uh, like, so there's one. There are a percent. It's one percent of the population, but also it's like Indian Americans of as a population. Seventy percent have bachelor's degree. Forty percent of that population have postgraduate degrees. They their median income is any is in the six figures, like a, a related to. So it's a group of people. I guess that maybe they, the argument was representation as far as far as employment because he's working like a low level job, even though he's from this group that is generally like educated group of people. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I, well, it's not, it seems like you're implying that like it didn't hold them back, but which is like, I, I, I'm, I am sympathetic to, to the, to the idea that like, this is the only touchstone that everyone yeah. had when they were growing up. Like yeah. that would suck. Yeah. I wasn't, well, against, I wasn't against that. Yeah. I just, I felt that like, uh, my, my one issue is like, if we're, if we're saying this is like a generalized argument and not just about Indian Americans or South, uh, Southeast, Southeast, South, yeah, South Asian South Americans. Um, then you gotta extend it a little further to the comment they're doing. Like even Cal Penn, who's like just shitting. I never watched The Simpsons. You never, you always hated The Simpsons. You never watched it, and then you accepted a fucking role as Taj Mahal and Van Wilder. Like you have yeah. so much dignity and self-respect that you could, like. I understand what he was doing. You're trying to, like, you're trying to start out in that industry. You gotta take the roles you get. I get it, but then you don't you have to have more understanding for other people who are also working in that industry. Are you referring to Hank Azaria's sympathy? No, not really. I mean, like, I think they're right to be like, I mean, in terms of Hank Azaria, he had, if I'm a PR guy, that's, I'm telling him, don't fucking talk to these people. Oh, There's no good no, way yeah. to do this. Um, I think that that character, like, what do you do? Take it. Oh my God. Also, the dumbest thing was when he's like, and then I wrote this one take where he cut to Hank Azaria. He looks in the booth and he looks right at the camera. He's like, oh, that's perfect. That would have solved this whole thing. I'm like, that would have solved the whole thing you made yeah. a documentary about? This one bad half thought well, through I think idea? He, I mean, I, and he, he put a lot, I mean, I've known Hank Azaria has been the voice of Apu and Mo. He actually is closest to the voice of Mo, I think, yeah. for so long that I think that like what Hari's point was, was it, it put a lot of Work it's a white on guy, the yeah. idea that it's a white guy, and that's like when he was on the High Line interviewing people. That was what was the the shock oh, moment. But the, Hank Azaria is irrelevant. Like um, the the fact that it, that they chose to flesh out uh, the the town with like this, you know, one bit of diversity. I think is and the way that they approached it has much more to do with like the Simpsons was created in a, in a time that is basically a generation ago, and figuring out how comedy changed since then is way more useful. Than, um, than acknowledging like you know that it yes it is it is very reductionist. Um, that that's what I took that but that also, Hank Azaria quote when he's like, they said yes how uh, dramatic I think he said how offensive can you make it or something like that. What that meant to me is like, there he's acknowledging that it is a caricature and then the caricature like this whole thing would have worked as like a ten minute bit in a comedy act better than a documentary also because which is how it started yeah but he he shows his his comedy when he's young. When he when he has less context, when he doesn't know about the world, when he's not like yeah. as up and as woke, and he's doing the comedy that he's shitting on, and he's like, but then as I got older, I realized I shouldn't do that. It's like no one else is allowed to claim the same perspective. It's like a it's a weird argument. Also, seriously, the AAV thing really bothers. We went to a <laughs> we went to a Desi comedy night in Crown Heights. We went to Brown oh, Comedy, yeah. Yeah, and they yeah, were we doing did. a lot of like hip hop radio drops and stuff like stuff where I was like, that was a fucking 
white person. Well, do you remember we watched- or even like an Asian person. Like yeah. if that was like a Chinese person, people would be like, this fucking guy we, sucks. We yeah. saw the, the White House Correspondence Dinner. Remember we were oh, watching Hassan Minaj? Like, he's funny like, though. He, he's not funny, but he was doing like this whole like I grew up brown and you know, it, and it's, it's like, dude, you seem like you had a pretty good life. I mean, this His is story not, is like, you can't I was, appropriate he's like, yeah, I was like the, I was the prom king, but I was also really ostracized. Like doesn't, how does that work? Unless you yeah. rig the fucking election, how do you fucking pull that off? All the all the arguments had these caveats in them. I felt like every argument he set up, he also set himself to get knocked down. Which is, if you're doing your, if you're directing your own documentary on this, how can you do that? Uh, the other thing that drove me nuts is that a trend in I've noticed in South Asian filmmaking, or particularly documentaries that I've watched. So like this movie, um, the movie with Ravi Patel, Meet the Patels, which is about like. Indian marriage culture mm-hmm. um, and Aziz Ansari which is not a documentary but his his show they all include their parents and I understand why oh, because yeah. in Indian culture like it, the, your parents are obviously everyone's parents are really important to them and all that stuff but I was like that's three three movies and three guys who are big time Hollywood South Asian actors who have in, purposely included their parents in the in the filmmaking process that is weird right? yeah. which is just like, like okay you couldn't did, he's like well it offended me because it's like my parents and his parents didn't even seem that like they're like ah, it's just a poo you're like, they're like you got a poo hair you dumb idiot <laughs> they made fun of him for it. Like, um, I was like, I, I don't understand why he needed to do that. But, but so, his dad but, one's run like one of the major uh, radiology labs or something. He's like yeah. a really well off. And guy. The, yeah. the idea that like, <laughs> do you see yourself represented in Manjula? Like, no, that's not the point. The point is, this is this is what I'm saying is that the, the of course someone who actually is of the culture. Like, no, I don't see myself in Luigi. You know? Yeah. But, well, I, I, you know what? But, like, <laughs> Willie. I see myself in Willie as a Scottish guy. Yeah. I'm angry. I'm the yeah. I'm the Italian chef kiss guy. Like, what's the matter with you? Or Fat Tony, but like, yeah, you know, and, and like, uh, but the 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 joke of it is that is that this is how it strikes the the mainstream, and I think that the diminishment of the of the right of the mainstream to render any opinion is what mostly changed about Apu. Yeah. Also, in general, I'm pro the message of this movie, which is like allow people to tell their own stories. I just thought that the, the nuances of it, like I thought it was a little bit too self-righteous and also like missed the point with a lot of things. If the, I if, think, I honestly think that like a better documentary would have been about Van Wilder and how offensive yeah. that character was yeah. and how hollow it was. Like that was a much more offensive thing and, <laughs> and a lot less nuance and a lot less cultural impact. It was just a cheap, shitty, thrown together garbage thing. And he was like, well, yeah, that's horrible that they did that to you, Cal. <laughs> yeah, and it's well the thing that frustrated they made you do it, Cal. As a comedian, who is Van Reynolds? What, Ron Reynolds? Brian Reynolds, yeah. another fucking terrible actor. Yeah, but the the <laughs> thing that frustrated me is that this guy, as a professional comedian and as a comic, knows that like a core uh, tenet of comedy is subversion, right? You have to comedy in some way has to be subversive, or like it's particularly the Simpsons brand of comedy. That's why they kind of go after like. Is Homer offensive to American oafs? Uh, granted, he's represented in everything, but you know, is it like, are we going to extend this out to like they? The, one of the writers called him out on being like, "Well, is, what about all hit you with this?" It's like, "What do you think about Mr. Burns?" And he said, "He's like, well, he's represented. Power he's a power guy. dynamic kind of guy." But then, if you really keep going <laughs> down that rabbit hole, you're like, "Okay." Is Barney representative of every alcoholic? And yeah. it, it's it's like I it, mean, look, look. This morning. Uh, someone sent me a video of Jordan Peele from Mad TV and he's the first gay player in the NBA and he comes out and he's wearing short shorts and he's like, I'm so happy to be playing b-ball with the boys. This guy's won a fucking Oscar yeah. for a movie yeah. that was about extreme subversion of like racial expectations in film. It yeah. was like hardcore woke ass, like 
that that's gonna haunt him. That's gonna come out in the next couple of weeks. People are he he's not gonna apologize for it. Yeah. But it's gonna come out. I don't think he should apologize for it. Like the fact that that can happen to Jordan Peele should let everyone know. Like no one they're comedians. They're trying to get people to laugh. These people aren't marshalling anger or hatred towards you. They're trying to get giggles. And like when you do that, occasionally you're gonna be forced to subvert things that are like gonna hurt people. I think that you know you go back to Andy Rooney doing like the most offensive fucking. I'm, Mickey, Mickey Rooney. Rooney. Mickey Andy Rooney. Rooney probably also hated Asians Andy, too. Andy, you want to talk to me about Indians? But like, I feel like this podcast is modeled after us. We're like, hey, we're filling the void that Andy Rooney. Left. Yeah. <laughs> but like that, I mean, like it's fucking Jordan Peele, and he was doing the same fucking yeah. thing. Like, he, I mean, if he appears, but, if he does a Cal Penn and appears in a documentary, he was like, oh, look at that, terrible. Can't believe I was forced to do that. I'd be like, yeah, you suck now too. Well, yeah. but I, and then the, and there's a critical difference too is that like that was actually hilarious, uh, hurtful. I oh, think <laughs> <laughs> to get like it was not done in good faith towards gays. A poo to me no, was not relatively no it was, not, <laughs> was relatively done in good faith. It was just it was ignorant. Obviously, I mean, like I'm not saying a poo's not ignorant, but it's ignorant in a way that like I mean they wouldn't have fleshed out the character as much as they did if it was like trying to be hurtful. I don't know if that counts for anything. I don't know if that salves any of the any, any of the experiences those people had getting made fun of with a poo, but I don't know. Part of the part of the discipline of comedy is kind of transcending that and coming back with your own shot and to make to like to 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 spend time as a comedian like putting together a big project which has literally zero humor in it. And just trying to take down no, the, the, a jokes. very easy a very easy topic because again the Simpsons needs to get canceled like they need to end that show and we are we are we are big boosters of the uh, original Simpsons as oh yeah totally of in, in yeah. preservation of the original so yeah. like it's just an easy shot to take and it didn't I don't know like I get it but I don't care and I don't I don't yeah, like I don't think really more have, of him I think for that the, my, so. my I guess my to summarize my main argument with I went in actually sympathetic I kind of went in with I knew yeah. my defenses were going to automatically be up and be like okay I know I like the Simpsons and I like the character of a poo baseline but I'll give this guy a shot I'll be open to this but Every, it seemed like he couldn't pick a lane. I'm like, is Hank Azaria the bad guy of this? Is racism the bad guy? Is representation the problem? Is the problem that, well, he, because Hank Azaria made a choice in a character 30 years ago that like, the, like th- that's lived with and harassed Indian American <laughs> people? You know, like, is that the problem? I couldn't figure out what his main issue was. Wouldn't that, it have like, been a great thing if, like, uh, Apu had been, like, Shoving his fingers in women's mouths the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it was a different time. It was back <laughs> and then yeah. it like, comes out with disease doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, so um, let's let's wrap it up there then. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, ben, I don't think we actually introduced you, so it doesn't actually matter what. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm plugging Dogecoin. <laughs> Everyone should run out and buy Dogecoin. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Brian, you got anything to plug? Yeah, actually, the the Brooklyn Comedy Collective at the Brick Theater in Williamsburg on Metropolitan Avenue is starting shows this week. So starting Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights, Hell come yeah. check it out. Uh, doing some funny comedy, making it up. 
Make a little make em ups and script em ups too. <laughs> Semi scripted sketch comedy. I'm going to read porn comments off my phone. For yeah. I'm a, I'll be the guy in the booth mostly, and then maybe I'll be doing some, some material on stage, but mostly I'll be doing this. All right, cool. Ben, Ben, man, you're the man. Ben. Thanks, guys. Thanks for Thanks coming for on. on. Thanks for having me on. We, we should have you on the cast more. You're, yeah, like absolutely. I said, I'm, doing, I'm not doing shit. <laughs> cool. All right, take All right. it easy. Have a good one. I was trying to beat a case, but I ain't beat that case. Bitch, I did the race. I'm going to shoot, bitch, without a debate. I'm going to shoot, you can see it in my face.